This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Coach Jason Brown. Coach, how's it going? Good. How you doing, brother? Good. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, my pleasure. So let's just go back uh, into a time machine. And uh, what was it like growing up in Compton, and how did you get into football? Being the only white guy, man, is probably different than most people are used to. But it is where I was from, and pretty much I became a product of my environment. I guess that's what I, I kind of tell people. You know, I, I tell people all the time I'm a chameleon, man. I think I can get along with all walks of life or figure it out at least and uh, kind of play the game. But, uh, you know, playing football and growing up in Compton, that's something what you want to do. And, you know, there's, there's more NBA players and NFL players from Compton, I think, than anywhere else, man, and uh, at least significant ones at that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we grew up doing that. You either gangbanged, you either went to school or played sport. And that was basically the three things, man. So, you know, I tried to avoid the other ones. And, you know, I went to school and played sports, and that was it. Stayed away from gangbanging and drugs and did the sport thing. So, you know, it ended up becoming beneficial for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you were uh, pretty good yourself, huh? Uh, I tried. I could hold my own, I guess. I got a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You went All-American in Compton Community College. You had a few uh, NFL tryouts, played Arena Football League. What was playing Arena Football League like playing versus uh, regular football? Man, I loved the Arena League. It was probably the funnest time of my life, professionally speaking, anyway. There was only 19 guys on a team. There was really no backbiting. Everybody was pretty tightly knitted. Went over to Hawaii three times a year. I mean, it was fun times, man. It was good. You know, really a tightly knitted group, man. And nobody had any ulterior motives. Everybody was about the team and... Mm-hmm. It was good times. Played for a guy named James Fuller, who played in the NFL for a long time for the Eagles, and I still keep in touch with him. And uh, he's a real league coach back east now in Connecticut or in Maine. I'm sorry, he's at Maine, I think. So it was fun, man. Good times, fast, fast, fast pace. You know what I mean? Really, yeah. really fast for condensed field, and it was just hard to get used to for me coming off the 11 man, you know, grid. But it was fun. Gotcha. Now, after your playing career, what made you want to become a football coach? You know, when I got cut, probably the third time playing in Kansas City and various places, you know, I kind of lost the love of playing football, man, and to be honest, and came home for the summer after being cut again, I went up to my alma mater, a high school, Artesia High School, and I said, man, I want to start coaching it, and it's ironic, the first kid that I coached, you know, back in 03, or 02, 03, was a kid named Orlando Scandrick, who's had a successful career in Cowboys and Chiefs and the Redskins, but he ended up being my running back, and, uh, kind of blossomed from there man and I ended up taking off and running I just loved the, the aspect of helping kids and I think coaching was my true passion and love and not playing so I found a new renow love and found and kind of went from there gotcha gotcha you started coaching high school first right yeah I started coaching high school man as a I still had the option to go back and play arena ball and mm-hmm. uh you know, I ran into my old athletic director when I went to high school, and he was still the AD there some more than 10, 11 years later. And I just said, you know, I want to get into it, man. And he got me the freshman coaching job. Mm-hmm. And so I took the freshman job and uh, inherited a pretty decent crew of athletes, man. I had uh, Easy es son, the rapper, the legend, Compton legendary rapper from NWA. His son played for me. Mm-hmm. His name was Eric Wright also, and... Uh, he was one of my other running backs, and we had a pretty good squad. We only had like 19 kids, man, and, and it was a uh, it was a good run we had there. And then uh, I knew from there, I think I had the it factor, what I like to call it, and I moved on up the ranks really, really quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so I, I moved up the coaching ranks rather 
really quickly compared to most. I mean, the next job I got was like an OC job at a JUCO, my alma mater, Compton College, the very next year. Then I took a, another job at Bourbon Day High School uh, in Watt, a legendary basketball program. They are also really, really good football years ago. And my shoot, I inherited a bunch of about three NFL guys, Akeem Ayers, who won the Super Bowl with the Patriots, Reggie Dunn, who ended up breaking a bunch of NCAA records and kick returns at University of Utah. He played for me at Compton College as well. But, you know, we had some guys, man, and, you know, it, it makes your job a lot easier when you got good players. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So how did you, a guy from California, how did you end up in Kansas and you started coaching at Garden City before you went to Indy? Well, it goes back before that, man. Uh, only reason I went to Garden City, I was familiar with Western Kansas. So I played at Fort Hayes State, which is in Western Kansas, about an hour and a half north of Garden City. Okay. So I played my college ball there after I went to Compton College. So I, uh, I got a long story, man, that a lot of people don't know. But at Compton College, I signed a scholarship after there to go to University of New Mexico um, with the coach named Rocky Long, who's now the head coach of San Diego State. Well, I got there, and uh, my clock was up. So I couldn't go Division One yeah. since I was a knucklehead before, and I ended up wasting a lot of time. And my academic clock started at a junior college called Rio Hondo back in 95. So they dropped football. We were told we'd get our year back. We never did. So that year ended up really basically screwing me. So I ended up, uh, after junior college, I had to go Division two after New Mexico told me I couldn't go Division one. So I had to go sight unseen, basically, to Fort Hayes State, which was, you know, great. Division two had beautiful facilities. They're in the powerhouse conference, the best in the country right now, mm-hmm. called my double-A. Uh, at the time when I played, we were in the RMAC, but... We're still facility-wise and, you know, all that type of stuff, fan base, everything, considering Division Two, you know, it was, a, it was a great spot. So I went there. They took care of me, man. I, they adopted me, man, to be honest. So Kansas was always pretty good to me. So I, I went there, and uh, I kind of had the landscape. And then from there, I got a shot with Kansas City, uh, you know, five and a half hours across the state. And so I was familiar with both parts. And so then I got the Garden City job later on. It wasn't that much of a shocker for me. And then Independence, obviously, was the first time in the southeastern part of the state for me. And so, you know, that time was well spent, too. Gotcha, gotcha. So how'd you get the position at Independence Community College? I think my time at Garden City basically put my name on the map. You know, my name was on the map in California as far as being a recruiter and a coach in California. But California Junior College is totally different. There's no dorms. There's no scholarships. There's no meal plan. Mm-hmm. Kansas has all that so I had to pretty much adapt and overcome all that because I wasn't used to it so it was new to me but at Garden City the nine months I was there or whatever you know I brought in about 126 players myself on scholarship mm-hmm. which was you know eye-opening to everybody so obviously they knew I could recruit basically anywhere so that kind of opened all the upper administrators eyes in Kansas obviously so when I resigned at Garden City and went home back home to Long Beach California for a few months and kind of planned out my next move. Tammy uh, Heldenhayes at the time, who's the athletic director and vice president at Independence, she gave me a shout and just said, you know, I came highly recommended from the, who is now the president at Garden City. And, you know, he wrote me a letter of recommendation, even though I resigned there because it was just a bad situation and uh, everybody knew it. So I left there and came to Indy. She asked me for an interview if I would fly out. So I flew out to Independence and, you know, she put me on like a 10 hour interview, man. It was pretty uh, extensive and very well done. And she uh, she put me through an in-depth uh, review, man. It was pretty good. So anyway, I did that and rest is history. Gotcha, gotcha. And then uh, going into the Last Chance You segment, like when did you know you were going to be on Last Chance You? Um, you know, they called me one day, like I t- 
story. I, they, they called me one day. I was in the office with my staff. They left a voicemail. They said who they were. I never watched the East Mississippi one, so I really didn't know anything much about it. I knew it was pretty good yeah. marketing for kids and young coaches. So I kind of said, I don't know if I'm interested. So my younger staff kind of talked me into at least taking the call. So I called them back the next day, spoke to a lady named Chelsea, great lady, man. She was the one that called and left the message. I talked to her. She set up a meeting. Greg Whiteley, the producer, and, and the crew came out for our spring game, our second year at Indy. So we already had played a whole year and had, had the best season in 30 years there. And so we ended up winning the last five games. But uh, we come back, and, uh, you know, I wasn't really worried about the cameras following me. It was more the microphone, and I kind of knew that. But going into it, they came out, and I liked Greg. He was a genuine guy, and obviously I guess he liked me, man. And uh, the rest is history. We They offered, we accepted, and then they came back in the summer of 17. And uh, we had the greatest year in Independence history. And uh, so that kind of was what it was. So we went from there, and they wanted to come back again this past, or, you know, 2018 year. So, of course, we opened our arms to them again, and uh, that was it. Gotcha. Did you watch uh, last season? Man, I, they send me the, the clip. They send me the show before it airs. Yeah. Usually, they send it to me, and they send it to us as a staff. And uh, I watched a few of the first two episodes with my boss just to see what we were going to take, politically speaking, and from the town's folks and so forth. So we watched it to kind of as a protective device, basically. Mm-hmm. But I didn't watch much beyond that. I still haven't seen the whole thing, seen bits and pieces here and there, but I haven't watched the show. And I don't know if I ever will, man, to be honest. I definitely probably won't watch this year's one. But, you know, that's kind of how it is. I guess when you live it, I guess like this, you're not really interested in watching yourself again. But I really am not. So Yeah, I mean, it's kind of yeah. weird watching yourself, too, I would say. Well, yeah, what was it like just a uh, camera following you around all the time? You get used to it, man. And, like, I think that's what Greg told me. You know, he, he filmed Mick Romney and all these different people in his career. And he was like, JB, you're probably the most uh, unfiltered person I've ever filmed in 30 years. And, you know, that's the reason I think he liked being at Independence with us and following me. But the bottom line is that I don't really remember the cameras or realize they were ever there. I mean, the only thing I became like, cognizant of was the damn microphones because yeah, I yeah. knew my mouth needed a soap bar every once in a while. So, you know, yeah. that's the reason I kind of cringed at the whole fucking Netflix thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you're, like, recruiting a player, like, what's your pitch to get a player to your school? And, like, why do kids, like, like to play for you? You said it at the end. They like to play for me. It ain't about the fucking school, brother. I'm just yeah. going to be honest. Yeah. I've been at some shitty places. I've been at Compton College where they got glass and it's spilled and the, the dirt, <laughs> the track is dirt. You think people wanted to go there? Hell no. So it's all about selling yourself. If the kid believes in you as the person that's the figurehead of the program, I think you can have a kid follow you into war. But, you know, the bottom line is I sold myself. And I think being honest and truthful to these kids and telling them the truth, I think uh, a lot of these kids, especially single-family parent kids, you know, they require it. They just don't know that they need the discipline. They don't know they need the truth to be told to them. But I think I've been that guy my whole life, man, and uh, totally different off the field and off, out the office. But in the office, on the field, it's a different uh, JB altogether, and that's the person that, works towards uh, results because it's a results-oriented business, and that's kind of what it is, and I tell kids that and tell parents that. And so when I recruit them, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to graduate your kid. Uh, I'm going to get them a scholarship, and uh, I'm going to do it faster than anybody in the country. And that's my word is bond, and that's what's happened. Um, we broke several, several national records at Independence during my tenure. I think I already held some records prior to that in California anyway, getting kids scholarships. So the best thing that I say I do is getting kids a scholarship and getting them graduated. 
Yeah, definitely. Do you have a number of how many kids you got D1 scholarships? Yeah, total or at independent? Uh, both. Totally, I've had about 226 now to date, I think, after this past class. Yeah. At independence in three years, basically, it was 101 Division One, 40 Power Five. We graduated every single football player that came through independence during my tenure, and we had the highest GPA um, among football playing schools as well. So we, I think we did a pretty damn good job yeah. considering uh, resources and, and things like that. So when we got to independence, brother, I'm going to tell you, it was probably the worst junior college job in America. When I left there, there was 200 applicants for the head job. So the job became a uh, top five, ten junior college job in the country seemingly overnight. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely impressive. But it wasn't fucking easy, brother. It was yeah. a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, let me tell you. I tore down brick walls and put in a weight room and fucking you name it, painted walls and changed out the bathroom sitter and everything you can think of, I did. <laughs> so yeah. it kind of fucking pisses me off that I left the place, too, because yeah. someone else gets to tear at my shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And do you keep in contact with a lot of your former uh, players? Yeah, all the time. Talked to him, Jermaine Johnson yesterday. As the number one player in the country last year, he's at Georgia. Probably going to start. I talked to Emmett Good in the number one D tackle at University of Tennessee. Raheem Boyd, I talked to quite often on social media. Yeah. Uh, he's probably the best running back in the SEC. I mean, so we had some players. Uh, there'll probably be 10, 11 players get drafted this coming draft uh, off that first show. So there's guys on that show that you guys that they didn't really target either, like Delrick Abrams, a six-four corner at University of Colorado, will probably be a very, very highly draft pick. DJ Williams at Utah State is an All-American preseason All-American who had a great, stellar first season at Utah State. He was much bigger talent than Utah State. Not to knock Utah State, but his height sometimes hurts you, and you got to go group of five. And I think that was a great program for him. He's a power five kid, though. Make no mistake about it. He'll be drafted. So, like, we got guys all over the place. And, uh, you know, Calvin Jackson at Washington State, who's going to contribute very great there uh, this year. He, he did a great job as a true junior last year. Mm-hmm. So, we got guys all over. Malik Henry's going to probably start at University of Nevada this year at quarterback, which is a good spot for him. They throw the ball over the place. That's what Malik does best. And, you know, shit, we got four quarterbacks playing Division One in three years. So, like, it's a good situation for a lot of those kids. There's a lot of Jamal Scott, uh, you know. He's at Southern Illinois playing, and he did a great job last year as a, as a true junior. So, you know, there's a lot of kids, a lot of places, man. And uh, it's uh, I can go on and on and on about the players that we sent on. And so, you know, I'm excited to see what they do. And they'll all get drafted, and, and that's all I care about. Stay out of jail, fucking graduate. Get your damn college degree and, and go on and make some money if, you, if you're if you fortunate enough to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, you're coming out with a book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. What's the book about and uh, why are you coming out with a book? Man, it's the number one new release on Amazon, brother. You got you to gotta Google some shit, man. What's up with that? <laughs> How do you don't know that? It came out yesterday. Oh, um, <laughs> it actually came out. Friday came out Friday and uh, it hit the hit, hit Amazon and Barnes and Nobles online. It'll be on Kindle I think today, but you can buy paperback or uh, hardback. And uh, it was the number one new release over the weekend on Amazon. I think it still is right now, football biography wise. So I'm I'm excited, man. I'm appreciative of all the fan base too that supported it. And you know, it's just a tell-all book, man, about me and about you know. People that wanted to know more about me from the show, they got to see the show, but, you know, they filmed me basically 3,000 hours to put eight hours of film together. And so mm-hmm. I figured, I said, hey, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Let me tell them about the more in-depth JB. And that's what I kind of did. And uh, kind of talked about my, my rise, my demise, and my only rise again type attitude. So that's kind of what it is and, uh, in a nutshell. And, and that's what I put together. And uh, we got it done 
really, really quickly and got it published and got it out there. And uh, Lynn Eddy is the publisher. She did a great job for me, and she's going to step me up on a book signing tour. And I'll be going all the way around the country, starting in San Diego, California, and I'll work my way up the California coast, and then I'll be headed out probably to, you know, the Kansas City, Oklahoma areas where, you know, we were kind of nestled in between where the show was very, very popular. So we'll be all over the place, though, and uh, it's exciting times, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Gotcha, gotcha. You coming to the East Coast? Yeah, I'll probably be on the East Coast, too. I think i got to come to New York or something at some point to do yeah, a book yeah. signing deal. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah. Is there an audio book coming out? You know what? People have been asking like yeah. crazy. I don't know. We're looking into it. I got to get us into a studio, I guess, and do it. Yeah. But I'm going to find out. If not, I'll definitely be doing a second book, and I'll probably be for surely doing audio, see how this one goes. And, you know, yeah. I didn't know I was an author, but I guess overnight I'll become, uh, seemingly I'll become an author. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a book worth the shit that people want to read, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I just sure. told the truth, man. I didn't really uh, know how to write the shit like that, but, you know, we got it done, and it's going to come out, and uh, I think it'll shock a lot of people. It'll tell people the truth, and it'll be a good read for football advocates or general population. Uh, you know, a, a lawyer or a, or a uh, business man can read it and uh, I think get something out of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm going to definitely check it out. And do you want to coach again, and, and where would you want to coach? Man, you know what? I don't know if I want to coach again. I'll be honest. Everybody's been asking me. I've been offered a few jobs before uh, prior to me leaving, but I just don't know if I want to do it, man. Uh, I don't know if this generation can handle JB, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my heart's in coaching right now because, you know, when I grew up playing, people didn't tell on their coaches. People didn't talk about what happened in the locker room. That yeah. was the ultimate intimate setting, man. It was a football locker room. So it changed. I think kids are soft as baby shit now. I think the parents are even softer, and I think the parents enable the shit out of these kids, and it's unfortunate, because I don't think the kids have changed a lot. It's the fucking parents. Yeah. They're fucking horrible. So the parents change these kids, and now coaches like us across the country, God bless us, have to deal with these fucks. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the bottom line, and uh, I love the shit out of my babies. I call all my kids my babies, but I love the hell out of them, man. But, you know, only the ones that can handle me end up making it, and that's the ones that end up going to the NFL. would you give like a young football player trying to make it to the NFL? And you 
don't deserve to practice for me, and then that ultimately you don't play for me, so you don't love football because your ass would have been in the front row of class and sitting there and being shutting the hell up. But that's kind of how it goes, man. But, you know, uh, tell them, ask them stuff they love football. And then, you know, uh, what do they want out of it? They're going to have to ask their own questions because it's gone beyond getting on my knees and kissing these kids' asses to play for me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they're going to have to want it more than me. And that's just become, I think that's become an everyday setting for coaches alike you know i think people have to coach effort you shouldn't have to coach effort number one and you shouldn't have to beg kids to be on time mm-hmm. if they love football their ass will be there before you are and leave after you so that's just uh kind of where i'm at man and, and my, my basically my rant for this thing but i think uh they, they gotta love football man or, or, or don't even bother coming out gotcha 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 all right you ready for some fun questions they're gonna go from average to savage all uh, right sure what's your favorite song right now my favorite song, shit. Um, since I'm from L.A., man, Nipsey Hussle just passed away out here, so probably a song called Check Me Out. Right. I would say that's probably number one right now. So, so check my book out, too, while you guys are out there doing yeah. nothing. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And what about, uh, what's your dream coaching job, like, say, before you uh, you said you lost your love for coaching? Uh, probably L.A. school, man. UCLA, USC, something here local. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm from here, so For sure, exactly. All right, last one. Who's a better coach, you or Buddy Stevens? Uh, who's a better coach? <laughs> well, hey, brother, it's a results-oriented business. He's won a lot of championships. Uh, barring it's a shitty-ass league, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't think any – this is the truth of the matter. Buddy has a setup there, and it was something that we were building in independence to kind of model East Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Buddy didn't have to coach anything. Buddy was a CEO. Buddy fucking slept around all day while his coaches coached and worked. Uh, I was a hands-on guy. I had to call the offense, implement the offense, coach. I had to help out on defense. I had to do everything because we were a program on the rise and I had to do a lot of things. Buddy's thing was a well-oiled machine already. So it's hard to gauge, but he's won titles. So you, you, you have to say he, he is. But if he ever wanted to get on the board in the office, you know, fucking bring it my way. I, I tell you that. But that's with anybody in the country, to be honest. But... I think every coach in America will tell you that, too, who knows me. But, you know, people don't realize that they just need shit on show and, oh, uh, that's a shitty call. Well, you know, yeah. You don't know I had to get my fucking kid out of jail and get him to math class the day before eight, too. So, but anyway, that's a whole other story. And, uh, hey, it's results-oriented, man. I can't be a liar. He's won titles. And, uh, you know, we won a bowl game in Independence, and it was a great year. And I think that team, I would have loved to play that East Mississippi that year. I think we would have beat anybody in the country, but. Be that it is May, man, you know. We'll see how it goes from here and what ends up coming down the road. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, lets people know where they can follow you and uh, get your book at. Uh, I appreciate you. Oh, you know, it's on Amazon.com and on BarnesandNoble.com. You can find the links. Pretty much Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. Just search it in Amazon. It's too, too long of a link to give you, but, you know, yeah. it's on those two. It'll be on Kindle shortly. And The Real Coach JB is my website. So you can check out www.therealcoachjb.com and check me out on there, and it'll have some information on there as well. And uh, I'll be doing some speaking engagements and uh, the book signing tour here shortly. And, uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of uh, pretty good reviews, man, on the book and, and people wanting to hear me talk to them. So I love motivating people, man, young people, and hopefully I can save somebody down the line. And uh, if I can just save one, it'll be worth it at the end of the day. Definitely appreciate you coming on again. 
All right, brother. Appreciate you. All right, Chip.